Today, Sally's going to take us to some more of those destinations that we perhaps haven't heard too much about. Yep, uh, things that we will be putting on our travel list, our must-do list. And Sally Lucas joining us to talk travel today. And we're going to some interesting destinations you may not have heard of or may not have thought of as destinations. And certainly the first one, Sally Lucas, sounds as though it's more something that belongs in the liqueur cabinet. (laughs) Exactly, Jane. You picked up on that one. Curacao. Um, Yes, in the Lesser Antilles in the Caribbean. It's about 60 kilometres off the coast of Venezuela. Um, very famous for diving. Um, serious divers have long flocked to Curacao. So, um, but you don't have to be, obviously, because you've still got nice shallow snorkeling areas as well. And of course, beaches in any of the Caribbean. I mean, you've only got to look at photos, haven't you? And look at the, the white beach and the turquoise water, a bit like Whitehaven or Esperance here. Um, yes, which lovely. are both beautiful areas as well. Hopefully, we'll get to them sooner rather than later. Um, but, and it's a perfect area if you've got children, if you want to take there because it's you know sugar fine sand you've got calm waters um, all that sort of thing so and Willemstad is the capital city and it's got lovely pastel buildings and um, it's also has recognized as an UNESCO world heritage city so it's a Dutch Caribbean island as we've said that's why you know Willemstad obviously that's a, a Dutch mm, uh, name certainly sounds Dutch yeah and it's got a famous bridge called the Queen Emma Bridge and it's a floating bridge that, that connects part of the town to a, across a waterway. So that's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a 17th century um, synagogue there and it's also a gateway to uh, some of the western beaches as well. And as I said, Queen Emma Bridge, it's like a, on a, pon- a pontoon bridge, I guess is a better way of explaining it. And it connects St Anna Bay to Curacao in the capital. So there you go. So very interesting place. And they the bridge is hinged and it opens regularly to enable passengers, um, to enable the passage rather of ongoing, you know, ocean-going vessels to come and go mm. as well. So quite interesting as well. So that that's one we're talking about. An engineering feat. An engineering feat indeed. And while we're in that sort of area, the other one is uh, La Paz, which means peace in, in, in Mexico. I guess I should say, shouldn't I? Not Mexico. It's all right. We understand Mexico. <laughs> you understand Mexican? Okay. Um, now, it's usually a, it's a jumping off point. People go to Cabo, uh, Cabo San Lucas Beach Resort, but that gets quite busy and it is famous. A lot of fishing happens there. I've actually had friends have been there twice now on fishing charters and fishing competitions out of Cabo San Lucas. Um, but if you go to La Paz, it's a little quieter and not so busy. And it's got a lot of old world charm with lovely waterfront promenade, which features international art and lovely restaurants, you know, just looking around over that gorgeous waters again. Um, and it's the capital of La Paz, it's the capital of the Baja California Sur, um, which is a Mexican state on the Baja Californian Peninsula. So again, beaches, as we've mentioned, lovely parks, um, and the art is by Mexican and international artists as well. It's also got a 19th century uh, cathedral called Nuestra Señora de la Paz and it's in a beautiful uh, garden called the Velasco Gardens. Uh, so yeah really an interesting place to go to if you're thinking of you know going into Mexico I mean there's lots of lovely places in Mexico of course once we all open borders again Guadalajara and Monterrey and all sorts of wonderful places and also the um, they have two ferry services operate from the port just outside the city, and I'm probably not going to pronounce this correctly, Picalingi. Picalingi? 
Anyway, anyway, they also go to the mainland at Mazatlan as well and near Los Mochis. So another interesting part of the world to go to once our world opens up again. To a new RFM's Talking Travel, Sally Lucas, some places that we didn't know we'd like to go and see. <laughs> we're, we're sticking a bit with beaches now. We are. We? we are today. I think we need that bit of warmth to warm us up. And let's think about these wonderful little spots we can go to. So we're moving away now from the um, Mexico Caribbean area across back across to Europe. And um, this little island, or a large island actually, is called Ile d'Oloron, and it's an island off the west coast of France on the Atlantic coast, and it's joined to the mainland by a bridge. Oh, well, that's handy. Yeah, very handy, isn't it? So you don't even have to think of a way how to get there. Um, So it is the largest island on the French Atlantic coast, and they consider it to be one of the country's most unique places to visit. Um, And it's famous for its oysters and fresh-caught seafood, of course, which is wonderful. But it's also surrounded by, you know, sandy beaches and near-perfect surfing ways for those that surf, because you can get some great surf off that Atlantic coast. certainly can. And ideal to explore by boat or bike, so easy. Um, now, if you're coming in from, from Gay Paris, from Paris, the TGV comes in there six times a day. Oh. And uh, it's about 425 kilometres from Paris and takes about four and three quarter hours. And to give you an idea of where it is, if you're looking at a map of France trying to locate it, it's south of Nantes and northwest of, say, Angoulême, Cognac and Limoges, mm-hmm. that area. So really, really interesting place and lots of interesting things on it. Um, it's actually got uh, the major sorry, town is Saint-Pierre-Dolorant and there's another one called Le Chateau. Doloron, which is where it is known for its oysters there mainly. And it's home to La Citadelle, which is a huge uh, waterfront fortress. So it's got a very interesting history there as well. Um, and the Citadel, uh, they consider it a must-see, so Richelieu ordered the work to be started in 1630 on the ruins of a medieval chateau, which was destroyed during a battle in the Wars of Religion. So it's got quite an interesting history there as well. Um, and also they've got covered markets in the town, which date back to the 17th and 1800s as well. Um, you've got some wonderful gardens called Les Jardins de la Boirie, and they're very tropical, got lots of lovely exotic flower varieties, etc. Mm-hmm. on it as well. And um, they've got all these lovely coloured um, huts at the Chateau d'Oloron, these beautiful on the beaches that are quite old. Some of them go back way back as well. And they've got another church there as well that start, was started in 1700. It's called Notre Dame as well, but it wasn't um, finished completely till 1883 for its bell tower to be finished. Um, nearly all the medieval churches were destroyed um, doing uh, extension work on the citadel. Huh? So, <laughs> so, but look, really interesting. So two little places there that we've um, mentioned on the island and the, the lovely gardens you can do. So that's an interesting little spot. And the next one, we're just going to duck across to Italy. Yes, and where have we got in Italy? So we've got the east coast of Italy, and it's Monopoli, and it's not Monopoly like the game you play, but it's, it's sort of spelt very similarly. And it's a Puglia, it's in Puglia, and it's a port town that, again, is equal parts historic as well. Um, got medieval churches and castles, and it's also what they consider a painter's dream, with the bright blue fishing boats and and whitewashed harbour walls, etc. And just to give you an idea of where it is, it's in southern. Italy, south of Bari and Polignano de Mare, 
um, trains run hourly from Bari. It's about 40 kilometres from Bari on the coast where you can get your ferries across, of course, to um, to Greece. Uh, it's also known for its famous cathedral called the Baroque Monop- Monopoly, which features a very tall bell tower. And in its crypt, they've got an archaeological museum with uh, sculptures and ancient tombs. And on a promontory to the north, there's a 16th century castle of Carlo V, which is a huge stone po- uh, portal. And nearby to that is the frescoed Palmieri Palace, built by a wealthy local family in the late 1700s. So, and even Polignano de Mare, anything around that area of that, that southwestern, southeastern rather coast of Italy is just quite gorgeous. And if you've never been down there, you know, you, everyone talks about Tuscany, don't they, and going more north or Florence or maybe Sicily. But like, you know, head cross down into Puglia. There's some really beautiful towns and with a lot of history, but a lot of beauty as well. We are dreaming of places to go and see. And it's Hot Deals time as we talk travel on to a new RFM. What's in the bag, Sally Lucas? Well, of course, all these will hinge on whether borders and countries open and just to let everyone know that. So when I talk about hot deals, of course, these could change. We're, we're living in a changeable world at the moment, so I think everyone has to understand that. But celebrity chef Luke Nguyen, he's done some... Uh, travel before, you know, on different river vessels and so on in Europe, or he's going to do one, plan to do one next year in July 2021. Uh, The Kimberley. Wouldn't that be great to have him on board? You know, wow, be fantastic. So that's on the Caledonian sky, and it includes a trip to the Bungle Bungle Wilderness Lodge as well. So you get a three-course meal at the lodge with New Yen there, and um, of course you're starting in Kalinara, and you you meet Luke for a cruise of the Kimberley Coast, of course, going to the King George Falls and all those wonderful places, all the indigenous Aunt Montgomery Reef, etc., etc. So that's hopefully going to happen in July next year. With wonderful Vietnamese food. Food, yeah. And just remember, too, I did mention last week, Jane, but you'd need to get in early for these, I would imagine. I haven't checked as to how heavily booked they are, but those Antarctic flyovers with flights, you know, we've only got a, a few departures because they're from, all from different cities to share the love. So there's only two departures from Sydney. So, you know, just keep that in mind if you're thinking of doing that. Um, and then... Antarctica, talking about Antarctica, Ponant, the French um, operator, cruise operator, small ship cruising, they're offering you um, cruises with no solo. Um, no, I mean, no, no, no single supplement. Right. So you're getting a, a deluxe twin cabin with no additional costs on a range of their Antarctic itineraries. So just to keep that in mind, and of course you get all sorts of things included on those and got wonderful facilities on board. Um, so that's just keep that in mind. These are on departures between the end of November next year and, the, and February 2022. So we're talking a long way off, but you've got to remember under normal circumstances, these vessels do the Antarctic because the smaller ones in particular, do book out a long, long way ahead. And you often have to book two two years ahead to get the cabin you want anyway. So just keep mm. that in mind. And they've got lots of other uh, solo uh, reductions on other areas that they cruise to as well, not just Antarctic. So keep that in mind. And Galapagos Lindblad Expeditions, who also do some wonderful uh, cruising in conjunction with National Geographic, are offering Galapagos 2022 at 2021 rates, but you've got to book by the 30th of September. Mm -hmm. So there are some things out there. And the other one that's been predicted by to hopefully operate if the world opens up, a circumnavigation of, um, of Iceland. 
which oh. would be wonderful mm-hmm. to do, uh, 2021 in July, August next year. And, of course, um, that could change again, as we've mentioned. But, look, there's some wonderful thoughts out there. And even those areas like Norway and the northern regions, they're, they're not as populated Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're beautiful, fresh air, clean, clean water because of all the fjords. You know, it's, it's just pristine. So they're sort of places that you might like to consider when the world does open up again. And there's all sorts of wonderful itineraries that a company called 50 Degrees North have got some. They suggest even self-drive itineraries if you're not sure about travelling in groups. Again, it's the easy country to drive around. You know, you can sort of pre-book your hotels and do whatever. So, look, there are things out there that we are or can look for to doing in the future. Planning ahead. Absolutely. And that's always a good thing. Always. And thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we'll talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.